Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. We are now on episode two of Chronomaly, uh, and things are getting a Nothing. little bit weird. No, they are getting weird because I still have no idea what's going on with Greg and what he's done and what he's planning to do. So it's kind of interesting. There's uh, obviously a few more things going on than the first episode implied. Every episode, we have guests come on and play through a room that Danny has designed, an escape room fashioned purely out of her brain and her blood and her sweat and her tears and puzzles. Uh, and we have guests come on and try and solve the room. Do you solve an escape room? I think you do. Sure. This episode, we have two very exciting guests. We have Tommy Honton and Patrick Fye, both fantastic escape room designers. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. We, when we were in LA, we met, we met you, Tommy. It was absolutely wonderful. And we played through your room. Do you want to give people a rundown of what you do in the escape room world? Uh, I design escape rooms. I have one called Stash House, the one that you mentioned. Uh, it's highly overrated, but people seem to like it, which is very kind. <laughs> Uh, and in ours, you uh, are basically blackmailed by a drug dealer named Ray, and you have to flush drugs before the cops arrive. Uh, it is not overrated, everybody. It's a very, very That's good That's a really room. exciting It's room. just rated. It is exactly rated. as rated as it should be. That's far too kind. I would do it again. It's one of the few escape rooms mm. I think afterwards I was like, I want to do it again, and I want to do this thing. So I, I, I will, on our next trip, we'll come back. I would love to have you. And we'll, we'll make sure to change a few things to make sure it's not the exact same. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and, uh, and Patrick, same question for you. You're also an escape room designer. Give a rundown of your rooms and what you've designed. Yeah, um, I'm the creator and ex-owner of Evil Genius. Um, it was so bad that it closed down. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, we actually ended up moving our business, um, partnering with a company called Off the Couch up in the Silicon Valley. So um, that's where the rooms are actually located now. They're actually going to be opening up here in the next month or so. So it's going to be uh, a big immersive experience that you can play. It's kind of based on the old rooms, but a lot of like upping things too. So, so. if you've played before, you could play again? Yeah. Well, we haven't played before, but we will play again. Uh, <laughs> next time we're in that area, we will come up. We're very excited. They have been also very highly rated, not overrated, well rated. <laughs> so we're excited to go and do them on our next trip. So Obviously, uh, this sort of ties straight into our first question generally, which we ask every guest coming on. Now, obviously, you guys have escape room experience in terms of design and creation of some very spectacular rooms. Why don't we adjust this first question? What got you into escape room design? Ooh, uh, most people, I think, like to answer that it's they played one. And that's true for me. But I designed stuff since I was a kid. Uh, I say my mm. origin story is that I, as a kid, found a scavenger hunt across the street uh, with my sister, and we sort of went on it. And since that moment, I've always been fascinated about puzzles and narrative sort of hiding in the real world. And then seeing <laughs> the very first one I played was one of the traveling ones the company Scrap did that doesn't really qualify as a room, but more of their uh. like ballroom, everyone's solving the same puzzles as a team kind of thing. And my head right. exploded because that was like, oh my God, this is real. Like I did these as a hobby for friends and family for years, just making puzzles and spaces and, and telling stories through game design and seeing that there was a real business was really eye-opening. And so, yeah, that's sort of how I was like, oh God, I can actually make this a thing. Oh, wonderful. Nice. And, and Patrick? Um, I actually did an escape room and then I was like, oh, this would be really interesting, but I feel like you could add an extra element to it if you were to write music um, for an escape room because that's kind of what I was doing beforehand was doing like film scoring and things along those oh. lines. And so then I approached a few companies and I was like, hey, you should 
add a film score to this. It'd be way cool. And they were like, nah. <laughs> so I was, I'm very stubborn. So I just decided to go and open my own room so I could write the soundtrack <laughs> for it. So, oh, And you showed them all. <laughs> showed them all, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, we will definitely, I, I'm super intrigued by that, actually. When, when we get to the post-show, for people who are listening next week, there will be a sort of discussion show follow-up. I would love to talk more about music in escape rooms. That's a really cool thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, And the other question that we always ask guests when they come on, because this is a mix of tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles, uh, do you have any tabletop role-playing game experience, D&D or or, or even like escape rooms in a tabletop format? I've listened to uh, your stuff for a long time, but uh, role-playing, I got into D&D with my girlfriend. She and her friends have a campaign going, and they so generously let me join and play a uh, chaotic character that would shoot arrows at everything. Which Excellent. got us into all kinds of trouble. May or may not be relevant to this escape room. Yes. We'll find out. <laughs> I will shoot arrows at everything. Perfect. I was actually from, uh, well, I'm from the Midwest, which is uh, a place where you're not allowed to do fun things. Because I was told that Dungeons and Dragons was like straight up witchcraft when I was a kid. Yeah, so, satanic panic, man. Yeah, I was like, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like, no, that's like for witches and devils. And so I never actually had the chance to play it because I was scared out of it as an eight-year-old. My mom thought the same oh, thing. No. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can make all of your Dungeons and Dragons-esque dreams come true with this escape room. She would be horrified because we worked on an activation for Dungeons and Dragons in Italy. And so it's your, true. your mom would be horrified knowing you touched mm-hmm. the devil. It, it is, but I mean, we're good friends Actively now. Actively the devil. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, with that, we should probably get going. Yeah, let's do this. You ready? Let's travel uh, through I'm time. I'm not ready. Why did I say that when I'm not ready? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even asking you, I know, and this but still I need happened. To be ready. Hold on, I'm not ready. I have a script. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start reading my part anyway. No, I have a script. <laughs> Let's get into this episode two. Your physics teacher, Doc Bill, sounded pretty stressed out when he called you. Apparently, David and Lisa gave him your numbers, so you're being called to his personal science lab for some extra credit homework assignment or whatever. You're currently running a decent A in his class, and with graduation right around the corner, pushing that up to an A-plus is not something you're going to turn down. When you arrive at his bizarre-looking at-home laboratory, you find that David and Lisa are there, along with Doc Bill himself. The three of them sit you down and launch into the craziest story about time travel, missing assistants, and live volcanoes, and they say it with totally serious expressions on their faces. But since a person can only time travel once, we need you to go back in time and attempt to find Greg. It's of vital importance that we bring him back before he manages to... One of the computers behind him starts making an angry alarm noise. Oh dear. Doc Bill turns and hunches over the screen, making a few furious mouse clicks until the sound goes away. It seems the system has identified another chronological anomaly. Greg has caused another disruption to the stream. No wonder this timeline contains so many disasters. Judging by the readout, it appears that a person in the past has gone missing. Someone who must have a degree of historical significance. Well, I suppose it'll be your job to find them. Anything for that A+, right? Doc Bill hands you some watches, saying they're your way back to the present, and then ushers you into the big steel box at the other end of the lab. Ugh, you don't want to get into describing the feeling of being inside the time machine as it works, It's not a very pleasant experience. You don't care to remember it. But soon enough, it's over, and you're engulfed in darkness. 
like complete and utter darkness. The ground feels rough and crumbly like you're outdoors on dirt, but the air is so thick and musty you can barely breathe. It makes you feel like you're in a cellar deep underground. There's heavy silence wherever you are. Until suddenly, from what sounds like the other side of a wall, you hear a metallic noise. Well, metal on rock. You approach the noise, feeling your way in the darkness until you find the wall, and you can actually feel the vibrations of what's happening beyond it. Someone's hacking away at it with a tool. The vibrations get stronger and closer until at last you feel a crack starting to form. You back away just in time as, after two more solid hits from whoever it is, the entire wall comes crashing down. And on the other side, holding a pickaxe and a flaming torch, is a man. He looks way more stunned to see you than you are to see him. With this new light source, you can see that you are definitely below ground, in a cavernous tunnel that looks strangely man-made. No wonder Doc Bill said someone went missing. It must be this guy, and it's pretty clearly in here. You ask his name, but his expression tells you English isn't a language he knows. Maybe English doesn't exist yet. But he eventually says something that sounds like a name. Jan. Great, guess you'll be calling him that. You get a first impression that he's a good guy. And with some elaborate hand gestures, some charades, the three of you attempt to communicate. He tries to tell you where you are. You try to tell him that he needs to get out or risk being lost forever. It seems to work. But Jan also very firmly gestures that he is not leaving until... It's a bit hard to interpret until he reaches the middle. You can't figure out why he's so insistent or what's so important about the middle until you turn around. While the tunnel feels huge and the way Jan came from looks very spacious indeed, the exact spot where you were dropped is blocked off from the rest of the place by some very unusual obstacles. So close together you can't squeeze past them to go any further are five huge elaborate statues. The statues of warriors wearing ancient armor and wielding bows and arrows, all pointed at you. And they're made of an interesting substance. You dare to touch one just to make sure, and you feel cold, hard terracotta. Terracotta warriors, that sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? The two of you try to remember everything your history teacher told you way back when you studied ancient China about the terracotta army. It was built to guard the burial site of Qin Shi Huang. Apologies for any pronunciation that I have to do during this episode. <laughs> the first emperor. Apparently, there are thousands of these statues, and the central area of the tomb still hasn't been excavated. Some people say it's completely sealed and devoid of oxygen. It's a good thing Yan arrived when he did then. There are all sorts of rumors about what lies within. Tricks and traps, rivers of gold and mercury, labyrinthine passages leading to cascades of jewels. You're starting to see why Yan doesn't want to leave. Okay. Okay, maybe if you can help him reach the center of the tomb, his curiosity will be sated and he'll find his and your way back out. You hope he's just curious and isn't like a grave robber. Again, he seems nice, so benefit of the doubt. Problem is, how are you going to get to the center of a tomb when you can't even get past these five statues? Guess you better start looking around. So he's, is he watching us? Yeah, he's sort of just standing in the hole that he broke open between the tunnels. He puts down his pickaxe, he just sort of looks, and then he, he takes a book out of his jacket and just starts reading through it. Oh, okay. Uh, I assume we cannot use the pickaxe on these statues without be destroying uh, what will be future priceless artifacts. That seems pretty fair. But even then, these statues, like, all in front of them, they're holding out these bows, and the bows are not molded out of clay like the actual statues are. 
They are real, and there is every chance that they could actually shoot you. Ooh, if we try to pluck them or touch them, uh, is there any chance to pull them off, or are they just attached to these statues? They look a bit like if you tried to actually do that, they might just be set off. Ooh, okay, hair trigger. Uh, can we follow the lines? Like, are, they, are the statues pointing uh, arrow-wise to anything in particular, or are they all evenly pointed at the same center? You take a closer look at these statues to figure that sort of thing out. All of the bows at the moment are facing towards the center. Now, you take a look, like you borrow Jan's torch and you can give him a bit of a close, proper inspection. And actually, uh, bringing the light up to them, you notice a couple of other interesting things about these statues. Their armor is painted, and each statue has its armor painted a different color. Okay. The first one, the one close to the left, is definitely white. Then the next one, black, then blue, then red, then yellow. Okay. Hmm. You also take a look around the bases of the statues, and on the ground, there are some little strange scuff marks, almost as if these soldiers have been moved or rotated. Mm, and if so you give one of them a slight experimental pull, well, you immediately draw back because the bow of the statue tightens, but it does look like it would move. Rotate? Yeah, so we can rotate them and have them point at different things. Yeah, and you wonder if maybe it's some sort of test. Rotate the statues in the correct way, the correct order, something like that, and you'll get past. But get the wrong order, get an arrow. Well, maybe we should look around more Yeah, we start rotating statues and get shot. (laughs) Good idea. What else is in the, because we're in just sort of a cave, like a carved out tunnel. Anything else we can see that's worth investigating? Uh, No, so besides these statues in this little tomb entrance sort of area that you've got, all you've got is that, the three of you, two of you plus Jan, who is still sort of leaning against the wall, reading his book or trying to now that you've stolen his torch, (laughs) and the entrance to the tunnel that he came through. Can we go out of the entrance? Yeah, you can. You shuffle back the way Jan came and you get into a larger tunnel. These walls have some terracotta warriors as a relief pattern carved into them, but they aren't interactive like your five statues you walk back far enough until yarn eventually starts saying "Eh, eh," because you've gotten so far away that the torchlight is totally gone from where he is so you feel like you should probably turn back to give him some light again just as you do that though you spot something lying in the middle of the ground in this tunnel it's a sketch maybe a map you take it back to Jan, assuming it's his, but he looks baffled when you try to hand it to him. And this will be one of the images that you can look at. Oh, okay. Ooh, we see Ooh. a... You can see this together. A lake, a uh, campfire, a sword, tree, tree, and then we see a... Uh, is that a base or what is that? Oh, the, we see this four statues. We, yeah, where we are. And that's yellow. That's yellow, that's white, that's blue, that's red. But that's then we're looking black. at four... So the, this is where we are, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's but there are only four statues and we have five, right? There's a chance since it's the map and it's from the outside that it's just a general directing you to the tomb and Got not it. specifically to the place where you are. So I'm to presume this black circle is the void in which we're crawling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. So uh, have- and for people at home, this same map image is linked in the show notes below so you can have a look yourself. Well, we probably shouldn't move the red one since it's fire, and we don't want them to fire on us. So, <laughs> I, is, is that is that how that works? Because uh, I don't believe they're speaking English. That's mm. true. I don't believe that would be the same synonym. 
Um, can we go That'd back cool and quickly inspect the relief statue, the relief co- uh, things on the wall? Is that anything important? They're impressive as historical artifacts, but they do not seem like they will be of any use to you. Okay. So if we're analyzing this from the direction we're coming from, let's see. The, should we try to just point them in the direction of, but how do, we don't have two blues. Mm-hmm. Or two, yeah, two greens. Seems, two greens. Still seems a bit vague at this stage. Yeah, we have two blues. So how do you, because so we have the black, yeah, so we, how do we, because we have the symbols that are all the different colors. Trees are interesting. Because we have two. Let's see. Should we try to just start moving and seeing what happens? Yeah, maybe. That seems risky. Okay, so we should move with because only pure Yaris. intent. We should make Jan mm. move the statue. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just Jan, Jan senses what you just said, even if he can't <laughs> understand it, and he ducks behind his book. So we have, okay, so it's, I'm, so is, hmm. I'm curious if the yellow is indicating, because the, there's an arrow with the yellow is indicating. Is it? Pointing to something, or is that yellow meant to indicate the cave? Because it's well, maybe yellow. It's yellow is pointing beyond the statue, so maybe yellow is the way to. Or maybe I was saying maybe yellow is the way to get through. Well, because I was also thinking that each of these is a different material. Because we have the sword is metal, the fire is fire, water, the trees wood. So then, is the yellow stone, or what do you think the yellow? Because if the yellow is referring to the cave or the void itself, and if that's the direction it wants us to go in, so. Let's see. They're the same symbol across. Yeah, so this is the biggest thing. How do we make the blue go in two different directions? That's the ultimate question. It does feel like there needs to be some more information to work with, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what feels like we're missing something. Okay, so we are, so we're inspecting one less. Is there anything else on the statues that's unique about the base of the statue or any more information on them that we can see? No, there isn't. I'm sorry. Statues have given you all that they can give you on their own. There's no door to look on the back of. Nope. No, <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> um, let's see. Can, well, we, can s- we inspect the marks on the ground? Yeah. They just are really what gave you the indication that these statues okay. could move. Can we steal Jan's book? You absolutely can steal Jan's book. Sorry, Jan. And as you do hey. so, hey. you exchange it for the map for now. Okay. <laughs> And as you see in this book, it is written in a language that you don't know, but you can tell a few bits and pieces from it. For one thing, it's very obvious that this is a book about Chinese history and culture. Mm. You have to largely rely on the pictures, and so you can't figure out an excessive amount of information, maybe two paragraphs worth of stuff out of the entire book. But if you give it a flick through, you can see that there are a couple of basic things that it goes through. First, it's got an entire large segment on the emperor, Qin Shi Huang himself, things like his birth, his life, his death. And then there's a segment more about general Chinese cultural stuff, like the calendar and that sort of thing. Nothing about water and fire and swords and trees and caves? Well, you might be able to see a little bit like that. Actually, say in the emperor's section, yeah, you let's read that. see something that looks like water in his birth, and you sort of figure out, cool, all right, there's a thing that says... His ancestral name, his clan name, his given name, or with the Chinese characters there, of course. You can gather that it's saying that he was born in the first month and that he was born under the water element. Mm, okay, so he's born under water. And then if you go to the Chinese calendar sort of segment, yeah, it's got some stuff that's like all about things to do with the first month 
but it's also got the fact that years in the calendar are associated with elements. And these elements are connected in a cycle called the Wuxing, which, it's in a very simplified way, it works like scissors, paper, rock. Certain elements conquer one another. Mm. Okay. So, say, water, obviously, beats fire. And from there, you can see there are some arrows in this illustration of the Wuxing. Fire beats metal. Metal beats wood. I don't know why metal beats wood. It's because it's... Slightly stronger. Oh, oh, an axe. That makes sense. Okay, how about this? Wood beats earth. Ah, that's into yellow roots and and crumples it up. And earth beats water? Mud. Just mud. So our elements are water, fire, wood, earth, metal. So we should rotate the statues according to who can beat who. Yes, that would be the order to do it in. So let's see. So water beats fire. Fire beats... Metal? Yes, metal. Fire beats metal. It melts it down. Yep. Makes Uh sense. And then metal beats wood. Yep. Like an axe chopping a tree. Wood beats earth. Mm -hmm. Like roots in a soil. And earth beats water. Mud. Mud. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. So I think we have our uh, color attempts. So let's see. Do we make them... Okay, now when we rotate, do we just make them rotate to point at each other? Let's give it a shot. Okay, so... We know that water beats fire, so if we could at least turn blue towards red, and then maybe that will clear a path. Yeah, if we don't get shot, we'll see what happens. Cool. And why moving blue towards red? Uh, Because we're looking at... Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, We're moving black towards red. Because the symbol next to the water on the map is written in black. You hear the black statue's bowstring tighten as you push it to face the red one, but you grit your teeth and keep turning it, and it does not fire. Mm, Okay. So we're going to keep going. So we did water to fire, so we're going to turn the red one to metal, so that we're going to turn the red one to white. Exactly the same thing. And then the uh, white one, which is metal, to blue. Mm-hmm. And then blue to yellow, and then yellow back to black, right? Yes, exactly. When you begin to move that yellow statue, the noise of its bow is even more threatening than any of the other ones, and you're quite certain that it's either going to snap or shoot, but you also know that it's right, so you keep turning it. And the bow falls to the ground. It doesn't shatter, which is good, but it certainly makes you jump, and you have to look down at it for just a second before realizing that something way cooler is happening. The black statue is sinking into the ground, revealing an all-new narrow passageway for you to walk through. Come on, Jan, we gotta go. Yeah, he yeah, cheers we... and he <laughs> rushes on through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you happy. walk into this new passage. It twists and turns. You lose your sense of which way you're facing pretty quickly. You're concerned about how narrow it's getting until at long last you open up into a small room. Uh, room quotation marks. It's tiny and bare, and it has more passages leading off from it, so you suppose it's more like a crossroads. Only not counting the passage you came from, there are seven possible ways to go. This is a proper maze. Oh boy, okay. Um, Let's see, so we use the torch and see, is there any indication or uh, any markings along the pathways? There aren't marks exactly, except... 
the walls of these passages don't look quite the same as each other. Some of them, like there's one, for instance, that the walls are completely flat. It was very deliberately built flat. Others, you can't tell if it's more haphazard, the way they've got funny rocky outcroppings and things like that, maybe some zigzaggy bits sticking out. You can't tell if it's accidental or deliberate. Hmm. Um, want to investigate each of the outcroppings to feel, is there any way to see if we run the fire along to see if there's like a pattern or if they're inlaid like some kind of writing or symbols or pictures? You give it a go. You feel around. You're not really feeling anything much. But you give it a you give it sort of a knock and just hear the echo of what's going on. And there's something interesting there. What plays back is not the sound that you made. It's not a normal knocking sound that echoes. Okay, this is a little bit weird, but Bill, would you be able to oh. like imitate the noise <laughs> okay. that this happens? So they've just knocked on the wall. But instead of a regular echo. What sound do they hear? Oh, what, how have you given me this as a sound to make? <laughs> uh, so you knock, and echoing down the corridor, you hear... Ah. Which is pretty wild engineering to make mm. that happen. That's really well done. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep knocking down the different Sorry. halls. Well, the next one you, you knock on, you rap on the side of the wall, and echoing down the corridor, you hear... Very good. Uh, keep going. <laughs> oh, these get so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one you knock and you hear. I'm putting and on a another question one. Mark. I think I know what that is, but I'm putting a question mark just to. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, on the next one, when you knock, it just sounds like knocking. Yeah, just a perfectly normal just echo. Just a normal echo. Nothing bad, just... Wait, know. so on the first one, above the pig, uh, the, 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 that's flat, was that... Did we knock on that one, or is that one the pig? Uh, this one, the one that is perfectly normal, is that'll the be the one with flat, flat walls. walls. Got it, okay. There's three more passages. On okay. the next one, you hear it go... <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was just going to... Wait, is that is it a laughing no. bill sound? No, you hear it go... <laughs> Uh, but you hear it go. Uh, okay. On the next one, you hear it go. As it goes down the corridor. And on the last one, you hear the sound of an ox. <laughs> <laughs> because get out of here. What sound does an ox make? Um, these feel like uh, Zodiac. Yeah, they do feel. So should we look in the book? Yeah, let's look through the book again and see if Jan's book is going to serve any purpose for this. All right, cool. So you take a look and you find a couple of references to animals in there. So, for instance, did you know that Emperor Qin Shi Huang's favorite animal is a horse? Hmm. hmm. But when you flip to the back, the Chinese calendar segment, you notice that all of the months are separated. They're segmented. So in a month, it's split into seven different days. So every week, every day gets a different animal. And each month is in a different order like that. So the animals are slightly different for each month. Okay. Hmm. If you recall. He was, he was first he was, month. Yep. Yeah, he was born with water mm-hmm. the month, which is first. So, okay, so let's look at the first month. Yeah. 
And let's see right, where so the horses are in the first month. He was okay. even named after the first month. Uh, the first day of the first month is the rooster day, followed by dog, pig, goat, ox, horse, human. R-D-P-G-O-H-H. So I presume a human is a knock versus a person screaming. Um <laughs> Let's... A person screaming is always a goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, should we? Let's see. So we inspect. Do the? It's a maze, but do the halls connect, or how do we internet? Do we indicate just by walking down them and coming back, or knocking Absolutely. on the wall? Okay. Yeah. So no, we're you're, gonna... you're welcome to walk down them. You can always come back to this. Okay, to yeah. the beginning. So should we walk so down if... the rooster hall first? Sure. If you walk down the rooster hall, you walk for a little while until you find yourself at another. Crossword, crossroads with another seven passage options. Everything about this one seems identical to the last. Then I think we're going to walk down the dog one. Okay. So, yep, you then follow the dog. And again, another passage, another crossroads. And then I guess we're going to keep going pig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. the feeling there might yeah. be seven of these and you follow the order that you read for the first month. And then you see not another crossroads, but a way out. You, you reach the maze exit. Brilliant. And at last, the three of you stumble out of this maze and into another broad, open tunnel. You walk for so long that you're starting to get bored when all of a sudden, Jan flings his arms out to stop the two of you moving any further. He holds his torch low to the ground, or rather, where the ground should be. Directly in front of you is a huge, gaping pit that was almost fully concealed by the shadows. Thank you for saving us, Jan. I was going to say, turn around and give Jan a hug. (laughs) So uh, we, can we this borrow This is a his... time where hugging is very much the opposite of frowned upon. So he accepts it gladly. Oh. <laughs> uh, so after the embrace, we ask to borrow his torch and shine it along sort of the, the hole to see what's going on then there. Yeah. All right. So you can see the rest of the tunnel on the other side of this pit, but there's no way to simply walk across or around. It's quite deep. And deep down the bottom, you think you catch a glimpse of silver. And in spite of yourself, that's a little bit exciting because you think this might be one of the legendary rivers of mercury. But exciting as that is, you probably don't want to go down there. How far down is it? Quite deep. Okay. And how far across is this gap? Quite wide. Okay. (laughs) Unjumpable. Okay, unjumpable. So we have a river of mercury. Uh, Is there any kind of, uh, in the book that seems to be uh, useful, any kind of thing about rivers of mercury or cinnabar, I believe, wasn't that what it was called? Uh, cinnabar is the is red mercury, mercury sulfide. This is just, uh, is just boring regular <laughs> which... silver mercury, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so let's look at the book. Is there anything about rivers of mercury in the book? Mm, frustratingly, there isn't. Actually, you notice a little bit that seems to be about mercury in the segment on the emperor's death. You aren't sure if it's relevant, but you remember a faint, faint tale that he wanted to live forever, and one of the things that he tried was drinking mercury. And that didn't go so well for him. You can tell the temperature really well, though, I bet. You also find that <laughs> um, the way that an interesting pictograph of something that happened before his death, a meteor crashed down to Earth. And when people went to examine it, they found that somebody had written a prophecy of his death on the meteor. So rather than treasuring this amazing artifact, uh, he had it burnt and destroyed. That's fair. Hmm. I mean, that means a space alien prophesized that he was going to die. <laughs> I don't blame it's him. It's pretty messed up. Okay, uh, anything yeah, else we, we can the see? The reference you see. Can if, we see across, the, yeah. like, what, what it looks like across the way? 
You can. It looks like it's going to, in not too long, hit a dead end, actually. There might be some more stuff going on down there, but you can definitely see a rock face quite soon ahead. Can we shine? Is there anything uh, written or symbols that we're noticing along the river, along the walls or caverns or anything that can give Mm. us an indication of what to do? Annoyingly, no. There's a big rock on your side that's just sort of sitting there doing nothing, being a big rock. Push the rock, pull the rock. It's not pushable. It is super hefty. It, it, it's just being a good old rock. It is not suspicious. Okay, so I pet the rock for a second as we think. It um, appreciates it. <laughs> well, I didn't know any rocks could talk. Um, I feel like the mercury is now sort of to seep into my brain. If yeah, I'm I was going to say, <laughs> the talking rocks. Um, hey, why don't you jump in the river? <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. Well, this rock is saying do it, so let's jump in. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, sorry. The, ma- the madness is creeping. Um, so uh, we want to drop the torch in the river. That's what I'm compelled to do. Hmm. So uh, I try to put the torch a little bit lower and see. Is there anything in the river that's useful to us or, or any kind no, of... No, de- definitely not. It is just a hazard. Mm. I want to put the book down. What else do we have to do? Yeah, um, this... It feels like you're running with empty pockets right now. Yeah, I, I, is, is Jan holding out on us? Does he have anything else that would be useful for us? Yeah, like, can we pickpocket Jan? We point and ask for his help. Jan, what do you got, got for us? He's got, he's got a long ladder in his pocket. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Yes. He, he looks at you in shrugs and goes, hmm. Hmm. Is this, is, this, is this the penitent man thing? Is this the, we got to throw dust at the invisible uh, bridge? Yeah, we scrape dust and throw it at the invisible. uh, This place is technologically impressive. It is not yet magic. Hmm. Do you think we should go back and explore? Because that's a pretty long tunnel we came Mm -hmm. from before. Is it worth going back and exploring, or or do you think we should stay? Can we? Well, can we look to the left and the right, like down, and see if there is any way across farther down? Different path. Definitely not. Not holding out on you. Hmm. Hmm. I start making animal noises at the river. Which animal noise? Oh, uh, I, it I. It's not going to work. I'm just curious. The ox. Yeah, I was going to make the ox noise. Bill's okay, a, uh, please go ahead. Make an ox noise. <laughs> They're just like really big cows, right? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah. It was trying to coax the ox. So I make, I'm, I make that noise. And I <laughs> think that the mercury it is echoes, really affecting him. It starts him to sound uncomfortable. You kind of miss the maze. What else are we missing? Uh, I keep staring at the river longingly. What else are we? We look at the ceiling. It's it's nothing that you haven't looked at. This room is as explored as it can be. There so maybe is we're some that end. other thing that need thing that you need to do in order to get past this obstacle. Maybe we need so to I come do believe back you suggested here. earlier. That's true. It may have come up a little bit. Oh, should we go back to? Can we go back? I was going back a good idea. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Let's go back to the base reliefs. Uh, the 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 beautiful art that was on the wall that we ignored. Oh, okay. So, the, like, way back to the beginning. Sure. Okay, cool. You go back there. They, and, like, again, those things, they just seem to be decorative. Okay. A little bit intimidating. They don't seem that helpful. But going back definitely could be a good idea. Do we go out back to outside uh, and venture further, or does Jan not want us to go outside? Yeah, what's the limits? You, <laughs> you, you don't even know how to get outside. Okay, so no one's there. Oh, uh, let's look at the statues again. Cool. So all of the statues are still pointing the way that oh, you moved them idiot. to. That we grabbed the bow. Yeah. Great. You one of the bows was on the ground. You grab that. You now have that in your inventory. Okay. May not get you across a pit as it's just a bow and arrow, but it's a good start. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, can we light it on fire or light the uh, tip of the arrow on fire? And how many arrows do we have? We just have one. I imagine we need to be careful with it. Yep, just the one. Uh, depending on how sorry for you I feel if you destroy it, then you could grab one of the other <laughs> ones off another statue. Okay. But you, so, pro- you probably won't need to. Let's just stick with the one. I wonder if there's anything we can shoot. Hmm. Yeah, so we go back to the river and make our way back through the maze, and we look and see, is there any kind of target or any sort of unusual marking or symbol that we can shoot at? You don't see anything like that. It sort of just looks like if you were to shoot it, it would just lodge straight into the opposite wall. Is mercury flammable? Would that make us go more crazy? We shoot (laughs) a flaming arrow into the river? I don't... I I can't imagine why it would be especially flammable. No. No. Yeah, I, I, okay. Uh, we just, so we need something else probably to get across. Mm. What, would, what would we need? Would be the, a rope of some kind? Do we have a rope or any kind of... Is there anything can... like, is there any part of the maze that could lead to um, something that mm. could get uh, another item? All right, while they're thinking about that, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsors and friends, BuzzShot. And today, we're going to talk about how easy they make the process of getting and reading reviews. If you own an escape room, you know how important reviews are, and you also know how hard it can be to get people to actually leave reviews. Because <laughs> they don't want to go to that effort of like, going to TripAdvisor and typing everything in. Guilty. And clicking it. With BuzzShot, when your players are finished, alongside their photo, they get this easy link to go and review the escape room. It's so super simple. And we know from experience that if you give people a clear, easy button to press, they'll do it. Not only that, what BuzzShot does is it conglomerates all of your reviews from these various sites, your TripAdvisors, your Yelps, your your Goodreads, and it puts (laughs) them all in one space so you can see them all at the same time. Nice, easy comparisons. So if you own an escape room or you work for an escape room, we have an offer. If you go to buzzshot.co slash escape this podcast, you get 80% off your first month. It's just too much. And that's not including the two-week free trial. Yeah, so stop listening to our podcast and go buy escape room software. Work for your business already. (laughs) Yeah, so we go back and do deliberately the wrong order. We go down the human way first. Cool. The flat way. That you, you will end up, again, just coming to several more crossroads and... Doing this sort of random searching, you start to feel a little bit concerned that you might get lost forever. So you backtrack to the first room. So what okay. other order could we do? Do we do it backwards or do you want to just do stick with one animal the whole time? Um, what are our animals again? Um, we have... I'm wondering if there's a way to go. So we have rooster, dog, pig, goat, ox, horse, human is the order. Hmm. So... Yeah, do we want to try to pick one animal to follow, or is it a different order that we can do? We want to follow something backwards? Is that, yeah, that seems... you only you only did really find in the book the animals weren't mentioned in many places, and mm. as far as order goes, that seemed to be the only order that made sense. The one that you took, and it did work. So, is there anything else visual that we can follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do we want to try maybe just continue to go down the human path? Yeah, should we just we will follow the human path just because we're intrigued by that. The human path seems extremely dull and doesn't seem to lead anywhere. In fact, it actually does a full circle back to the beginning. Oh, it was boring, was but generous. Do the horse path because the horse oh, was right. his That's, favorite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You start walking down horse passages and you keep following the horse passage every time. Uh, seven new passages to choose from every time. So you keep choosing horse. You finally hit a dead end. But hanging from the wall at this dead end is a length of stiff, sturdy rope. Aha. Okay. I think we should burn the rope. 
I think we should throw it into the mercury <laughs> yeah. and see how it reacts. Yes, that's a great plan. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I come back excitedly with the rope and I say, hey, Mr. Rock, uh, I've got a rope for you. And I tie a well, rope around it. What was the Rock's voice? I wanted to go to Mad Hatter. It was Hatter, just whispering, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was just Yan's voice. <laughs> It is good with me. Why don't you tie it off? That was not the voice. That was the ox voice. <laughs> I think I've only done one voice this entire. I could go. Well, fine. We'll go back. It's, there's Mercury related. Well, we so actually it'll be probably should tie it around. The I rock. love it. Yeah, Why exactly, don't you tie it. that rope around me? Okay, so we tie you around and then. Uh, I'll hold you... it for you. <laughs> do you, what, do you want to shoot the rope? I think we should just have Jan do it. He seems to be the most. That's that's a smart idea. So we 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 gestured a Jan to what to do, pulling the arrow and uh, using it the rope around it and and hoping to get across. He looks a little bit deer in the headlights, but you know what? With the age of this bow and whatever age you're currently in, he's probably slightly more familiar with it because it does not look like the bows and arrows from your day and age. So he gives it a go. He knocks the arrow on the bow and. The arrow falls out the first time, so he has to pick it up and try again. My but on his second try, the arrow oh. goes whistling through the air. Over Good the job, Yan. We believed in you from the beginning. Lodges in the opposite Good work, wall. Good work, Yan. You did it so well. <laughs> Is that the rock? Yeah, can you can hear the rock too? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just humoring you. Okay. Thank All you. All right, so now I guess the fun part. Getting uh, across. Uh, we offer Jan the chance to go first since he was the <laughs> one that made the bridge. Yep, that's fair. Right, have you seen that Simpsons episode where they go to military school? Yes. You know, they have to go across the eliminator at the end. It's kind of like that. So, wrap their uh, hands, wrap their legs and just shimmy their way across? Exactly. Bravery. All right, so he gets across and it's a little bit hard to look. He has to travel so slowly that it takes him forever, but eventually... He gets his way to the other side. And now it's your turn, so you have fun doing the same. Patrick, after you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first, and I'll say bye to the rock, and then I will shimmy I'll my way later. across. A shimmy, 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 shimmy. All right, you guys are across. Well done. Bravo. Your thank, arms thank and you, legs rock. are a little bit exhausted, but... I'll mention it. Yeah, with the emotional support of the rock, it was your rock, uh, you feel <laughs> really great about this whole experience. You arrive panting at the end of this wide passage, and it is a dead end, but there are two doors on the right wall, and on the ground in between them are two rock pedestals built into the earth. So two doors on the right wall, and there's a rock pedestal in between them. There are two rock pedestals in between them. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, let's look at those doors and pedestals. Anything uh, inscription-wise or picture-wise? Not so much. So the doors, they're just firmly shut. You can't see any way to manually open them. They're quite heavily covered in dust and dirt. It looks like almost there's a risk that they won't open if you try to push on them. So um, I, can, I, can I burn the dust and dirt away or can we wash it and see is, or is it just uh, dirty for old age and nothing's beneath it? Uh, it's just very dirty. Maybe if, if you actually had like a bucket of water and a mm. rag, you could give it a good wash down, but spitting on it just doesn't have the same effect. <laughs> How about those pedestals? Same thing, covered in dirt, anything on them? Yeah, cool. These are less dirty. There's actually nothing on them. They, like, there's no, it doesn't look like they're missing a statue or anything that should be on them. They're just not very high. Maybe a footstool's height off the ground. Okay, is it worth pushing any kind of mechanisms or turning we can, can we do with them? Can we stand on them? Mm-hmm. Standing on them, you can do that. So mm. which one of you is going to stand? I'll stand. Yeah. All right, and Jan looks helpfully and he steps on the other one. 
And when you do that, the doors both open. Ooh. Okay, which door are you going to go through? I've got a feeling we have to separate. Uh, I will go through the right one. Okay. You go in the right door, and as you do so, the the doors slam shut. Both of the doors. Uh-oh. And, ugh, yep, you've been separated. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, uh, do I have the, hopefully I've got the torch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say yes. Okay, yeah, I've got the torch. Of, no, no, you, you, the torch is still out there, but this room in here is actually a little bit lighter. Okay, oh. they, they've been generous. Okay, so I look around. Uh, yeah, anything else in this room um, besides me? Well, annoyingly, this is a total dead end. There's nothing on the walls or the ceiling. There is something on the floor, or rather, a lack of something. There is a small hole. Hmm. Do I have anything it, with me that I can stick in? Though, like I push, I put my finger in and try to push down. Yeah, it's not quite, it, like, it's a bit big for your finger. It's more like sort of a, a golf tea hole. Not tea, just a golf, just ball, a golf hole. hole Flag green hole. hole. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, not very large, not very deep. Um, you peer into it, and down the bottom, you think you can see something gear-like going on. Not something that you can pull out, something that's built into it. Is it currently moving, or is it just stationary? No, it's stationary. Okay. So I, I try to go back like and, and indicate to Patrick and Jan, like, hey, can you can you hear me? Oh, and we're yeah, we're we out there. You. Yeah, we could still hear you. Uh, so there's a hole in here. Uh, can you try to get me back out? I think this is a dead end. Okay, and Jan and I, we're going to step off the platform and step back on and see if that opens. Well, the left door opens. The right one doesn't. Well, do you want to go in the uh, next room? <laughs> I, I will go ahead and go in there if it stays well, open when I get off. Yeah, as soon as you step off the pedestal, the door slams shut. Ah. Uh, Okay, well, this can't be so, a dead end. Otherwise, we'll, I'm dead. Mm. Uh, <laughs> ooh, uh, so if they jump off, does the door close? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just your door. Okay. Is, your door is just stuck closed, apparently, at so, the moment. did the gear turn at all when uh, the other door opened? No. Okay. Hmm. Let's see, this voice come out. I yell at the, I don't know, uh, ain't Mandarin uh, or whatever dialect they spoke, <laughs> but uh, gear move in case it's voice commanded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's it's a lot a of cool shot, technological and stuff. It yeah, it does not work. Damn. Okay. Try. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do I have? Do I? We still have the bow and uh, the bow and arrow is still out there. What else do we have? Is, yeah. Can we can we examine on the outside? Is there nothing else in the hallway besides the two pedestals and the door? Absolutely nothing. This is all on hmm. Tommy at this stage. And there's nothing else in my room. Is there anything on the wall, on the ceiling that I'm missing? I examine every every angle of the room. Not on the walls and ceiling. However, on the actual door that you came through, that caked on dirt that was on the other side of the door as well was on this side, but it's now, I don't know, the door must have swung shut with such force that it's crackling and cracking. So you can actually start to pull it away. Your chance finally came, Tommy, and you missed yes, it. Damn it. I didn't realize the rock was there. Okay, I inspect <laughs> the back of the door excitedly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you pull away some of the crackly dirt and. The space that it falls from isn't made of the same stony material as the door. There's actually a big rectangle of soft clay, soft enough that you can actually press your finger right into it and leave a mark. And just above this clay, you see a symbol engraved in the stone of the door. Looks kind of familiar, but you can't remember what it means. You could yell out to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to feel the symbol. Uh, I'm curious if it relates to, when I, you say familiar, is it something that I might have seen in the book that's out there? It may well be. So, okay. Yeah, you want to hey. describe it. Yeah. Hey, guys, open the book. Now, is there, can I see this symbol? 
let's just say it's a pretty simple one. You can describe it simply enough. And the two of you, Patrick and Jan, you have a flick through the book and you learn that this is the Chinese character for given name. Hmm. Do I need to draw something? Given name. Mm-hmm. His name, he was named after the first month. Yeah, water. Do I, do I draw so the symbol? draw or? the symbol, yeah. Draw the symbol for water. Actually, now, when you look in the book, you do see the symbol for his given name. Oh. But it's a little bit complex. And it is what Tommy's going to need to draw. So, Tommy, if you pass over to Patrick this, uh, your phone with the email open, mm-hmm. there is an image there. I believe it's the second one in the list. If you open it up, it should say given name in, at the top in big letters. So, okay. if Patrick can see this and not you, Tommy. Yeah, I see it. So okay, that's what, what you need to try and get Tommy to draw. Okay, so <laughs> my hand can is only talk. in the clay. What am I drawing, Patrick? Okay, so start by making... It's two symbols. Okay. Uh, start by making a T. Okay, lowercase. Uh, and also, or... just before you go on, people at home, this image is linked in the show notes, but if I were you, try and follow along and, s- and finish your drawing oh, no. and check it once you're done and see how close you can get. Okay, is it uppercase or lowercase T? It's an uppercase T. Okay. So start by drawing it? Yes, or? just draw. That's the first symbol is an uppercase T. Okay. And then make it so the T like also has an F with it. So make a little dash to make it like an F and a T at the okay. same time. Got it. And then how do we do this? There is a <laughs> um, diagonal line. It goes from it goes from the bottom left to like top right. That's the angle of that diagonal. And it will um, intersect about the middle. It's the same length of the T. So at the bottom. So go at the bottom. And there's diagonal up to the top left? Yes, underneath of the T. So it'll only touch at the bottom of the T. Wait. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm starting So it's like it's standing on a platform. If it was going like, if the T and the F are walking down a hill. They're going surfing. They're going (laughs) surfing, yes. The T and the F are surfing. Okay, so it's going surfing. So I have my pen tip at the base of the T. And I'm going to draw up like a diagonal. You're going to go up upright, left. upright. Oh, upright. Yes, upright as far as the width of the T, and then down left as far as the width of the. T. Oh, I see. And then there's a symbol that goes up from the bottom, like it's just a little bit over from the bottom left corner. So just go a little bit over and then up. Oh there's wait, a passenger. So... The surfboard has yes. a passenger. Yeah, the surfboard has a passenger. <laughs> a very short passenger. Okay, so I'm at the bottom left. Yes, and just go over just a smidge mm-hmm. and then just a line that goes up to about the height of that F. Oh. That's the first part of this symbol. Okay, <laughs> then the second symbol, it looks like the X, there's an X, and above it, it is throwing a T in the air. Like, three. <laughs> uh, uppercase or lowercase T? Uh, it's an uppercase T. And what direction is the T facing? Oh, sorry. Yes, that would be important. Yeah. Um, the T, the top of the T is facing towards the left while the arrow is going from left to right. Like the, the longer part is going from left to right. there's an arrow? Right. No, that's sorry. <laughs> okay. It's going, the longer part is going from left to right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have... Uh, when, you think, yeah, when you think you've got it, Patrick, you can examine. You I, can I, verify I for would us, be the adjudicator, but I can't see. Yeah, no, it, it looks good. All right, looks well good. done. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> now check it home. Did you draw anything like that symbol? I hope so. The I'm door sorry. swings open. I just turned on and... the video and I'm going to share what I drew <gasps> with you. Please. Oh, it's perfect. That's beautiful. It's perfect. Yay. Good job, Patrick. 
<laughs> took me a while. I, I like the description. The X is really throwing that T up. That's exciting. Oh. I didn't think of doing of describing them like by having actions like mm. surfing and things like that. That was that, 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 I, I found that adorable. Anyway, the door swings open, and now that you've opened it from this side, the pedestals don't seem to have any effect on the door, so it just stays open. Is now is the left door still closed? The left door is still closed unless you stand on the pedestals. Got it. Okay. So then uh, I would say, uh, Patrick, would you like to go on the left door? I guess. I will stand <laughs> on it with uh, Jan. Okay. All we- right. Same thing happens. You walk through that left door and the door slams shut behind you. I don't know now, why I thought this, this was going to be different. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this passageway is not a dead end like the other one. In fact, it actually goes for quite a bit longer and even does a big curve at the end. Okay. Um, I guess I will... Well, I hope I have the torch as well because we learned our lesson from the first time. It's nice. um, yeah, it's nice and light in here. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, then I guess I will examine the back of the door and not walk away from it yet. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, this back of the door, it still has all that dry, crusty dirt caked onto it. It didn't come loose like on the other door. And gotcha. when you try to use your fingernails to scrape it off, it barely moves. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go down the creepy hallway then. It makes a very big right curve, almost like it's going around the other passage somehow, almost 180 degrees. And then, oh, okay, there is a dead end here. But it's not a normal dead end. It's not a wall that's blocking your way. It's some sort of actual physical barricade. Now, looking around here, you also see a large wheel perched on the right wall. And not far from that, there seems to be a patch of wet ground, which is a bit unusual. But there it is. Okay, can I inspect above the wet ground? You take a look at the ceiling, and it's a bit hard to tell. It's quite a high ceiling, but you do think that one of the bricks, tiles, whatever it's made of, looks a bit movable. Hmm. And is that, is that out of my reach? You said it's up pretty yeah. high? Yeah. Okay, can I examine the wheel? looks like it belongs on a pirate ship, and it's just sort of attached into the wall, like there's a hole in the wall, and the middle of the wheel is lodged in there okay can i try turning the wheel totally it turns really nicely very smoothly you keep turning it for a little while and then a deluge of water comes splashing down on your head oh gosh okay i i could swim this is okay it's what you get for uh, the morgue's last uh, fun challenge <laughs> <laughs> um and actually well you try to you know squeeze some of the water out of your hair it's very old it's very dirty water you don't know how long it's been sitting in there um, the wheel is still spinning on its own, and it spins so much that it falls right out of the hole. Is the water still coming? No, it was one big okay. flood, and now it's gone. So um, can I look to see what the, the hole is, uh, like the wall, now that the wheel's off of it? Uh, yeah, so it's just a not-too-huge hole in the wall, and it looks like there's some sort of geary attachment working on inside going vertically so presumably into the ceiling to activate that water trap so i go back into the right room uh which is still open right yep and i peek down into the hole do i see anything now no it still looks exactly the same okay i have can i examine the wheel that fell uh the wheel it looks much the same as it did when it was on the wall (laughs) still a wheel okay but does it have a small like uh hole that you can stick down Yes. Yes, it ah. does. Okay. Now, how can you get it to me? How do I open the door to get it to you? Yeah, for us mm. to pass it back. Can you guys try to stand on the platforms again? See if they're still locked? Yeah, Jan and I jump back on the platforms. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem to be having any effect anymore. You've Sorry. solved the pedestal puzzle. Sorry, you're trapped. Bye. <laughs> We're going to hang out here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't even get to say goodbye to the rock. Um, I'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> you can still hear me echoing in our thoughts. <laughs> okay, um, so where, where the water fell, can I see where the water fell from? You assume that it came out of that movable-looking brick tile in the roof. But yeah. it's closed up again now. Carry a bunch to the uh, to the door and throw water on it. Hmm. it. It's a bit hard to like carry it like that, but your clothes are still soaking, so soaked okay. into them. There's definitely enough water that that Perfect. could be a thing. Yeah, then I'll go back and I will take off all of my clothes <laughs> and wipe down the wall with my clothes. This is going to be great when it opens again. Um, <laughs> yeah, you use that water, you wipe away the stuck layer of dirt, it starts crumbling away, and like the other door, you find a layer of soft clay. And again, there is a symbol engraved above it, and you describe it to those outside the door. And this one apparently means ancestral name. Oh, and God. now, uh, if you could pass that same, where you have those images, pass it back to Tommy, <laughs> yeah. because Tommy has the book in this case. <sighs> I'm uh, looking at it. And now. I don't... And I don't know which one of you to feel more sorry for. <laughs> yeah, thank which, you. Which uh, Tommy will understand when he sees this second symbol. <laughs> okay. So he compares it to the first. So uh, we're going to play the same game. And again, people yeah. at home, either cheat or don't. It's up to you. Yeah, good you luck. Either follow along with the description or you can try and play yourself. Okay. I'm going to not look at you. Uh, and basically, uh, this is uh, vertically, you're going to be making three uh, sort of three long rectangles, but don't do this yet. Okay. Um, but this is basically visually going to be three uh, horizontal, like, glyphs, basically. But we're going to vertically go from top to bottom, okay? okay. So draw uh, in basically... Here's the best way to do it. Draw a giant, tall rectangle uh, that, that would be uh, portrait style. Okay? Okay. Okay, so start in the very top and the very center and do a uh, very thin, like, just draw one. How far down? Uh, not very far down. Okay. Actually, divide up the, the rectangle into thirds. Okay, thirds from top to bottom. Yeah, just so there would be three symbols inside of it. Okay. Okay. So this one is draw the one, and then basically draw a line all the way across uh, horizontally. Okay. In like the middle of the right below rectangle? the one. So the, the one should connect. So basically the one would be in the center if the, if, the, if the line is right below, draw a line all the way across horizontally, the one would be right in the center, kind of like a top of a cherry or a line coming on, like a lid hmm. holder. I was hmm. thinking a lonely candle. That's beautiful. Okay, so you <laughs> should have a one and then a line, a horizontal line. Okay. And then on the left side of the line, you're uh, going to go uh, kind of about, imagine that the line is uh, a ruler. Uh, you're going to go about two like mm, one fifth of the way in from the left side <laughs> okay and draw it's a line so down hot. Okay. okay and then stop and then draw so keep your pen tip at the bottom of that line okay and draw a horizontal going right uh, and draw it it doesn't come to the very edge of the line you drew above Okay, hold on. I need to restart because I actually drew the lines to separate the thing. So, okay. So I'm just going to draw what it was. So so from that point, you said go to the right. Mm -hmm. But don't make it as long as um, as the top line. Make it uh, end with about, like make it 90% of that top line, but end with like 10% of that top line left. Okay. 
Does that make sense? So basically, imagine uh, a lowercase. So it should look like a lowercase t that's been super stretched out with a little long candle on top. <laughs> okay. Let's just pretend. Uh, we'll come back to that. Okay, so the next one's super easy. <laughs> basically, it's going to be the same exact width as that tall line, but you're basically going to do a rectangle, a horizontal rectangle that's super stretched out. So all it is is a rectangle okay. that runs the same width as the line you drew, the long line. So this doesn't actually have like outside parameters. No. Okay. No. You said okay. I, I drew, no, I, I drew I, an actual box, oh, and so God. I'm like okay, trying yes. to draw inside of this box. Yeah, don't draw like, on the box anywhere. That was a bad idea. Okay. So sorry. There's a lone, <laughs> lone candle. Yes, lone candle, long line beneath it. <laughs> long line beneath horizontal, it. Okay. and then about uh, one fifth the way from left towards the candle. Okay. Uh, do a line down about the same length as the candle, okay. and then uh, from the tip of that line go right like 90% of that top line. So, Perfect. So, now I got it. I would, just, I would just jump in for a second here and say we haven't gotten to the hard part yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trapped in here forever. I'm okay. going to die. Beneath that is a simple draw a rectangle the same uh, width as the lower line. The same width as the lower line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but it's not connected. It's just it's a rectangle. So don't connect it. Just do separate. So it should be top shape. The rectangle's the middle shape. And that's it. Now we're getting to the hard part. So this is the bottom glyph. It's not connected at all. Uh, So there are three symbols in this bottom glyph. So going from left to right, we're doing these three symbols, okay? Okay. So do, um, okay, do an eight, but not a a curly eight. You know what? If you were doing an eight and only had straight lines, okay, draw an eight that way. And then on the right side of the eights uh, side, uh, draw a long, like, J. So just do a long, curvy J, almost like um, a hook. Okay, so which which way on is the it right going? side of the J or of the eight go down and then have the hook curve to the left. So underneath of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how, so yeah, you have it go long. So right side long and then long beneath it and down and then curve to the left. Cool. Okay. Then the next one is your friend X is back. He just finished throwing <laughs> his friend T in the air, and now his twin brother uh, X is climbing on top of him. So do an X. Okay, make an X. Yeah, so basically to the right of the J, uh, the J hook, uh, do an X, and then you know where the top, the two X uh, points at the top of the X? Mm-hmm. Uh, make another X where it's like, imagine the X is holding the X up. So the feet of the top <laughs> X and the hands of the bottom X are in the same spot. Okay. Yeah, basically. Uh, it's like an, like an X standing on an X. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so the other, the one to the right of that is, I'll describe it, don't start drawing yet. It's very similar to the shape you drew before. So imagine uh, instead of the eight you drew, take out the middle and bottom. So it basically would be sort of a... uh, An AJ. uh, Yeah. Okay. But the middle line, the middle line, kind of make it strokey a little bit where it's not straight, but kind of curved down a little bit. So it's straight across and then goes a little bit diagonal down to the right. So it basically, yeah, sort of looks like an H or an A. Uh, And then do the hook. Same thing on the side, but instead of it going down to the left, it's facing to the right. Oh, okay. I already jumped the gun on that. That's okay. So it should go down the same length as the one on the left. So it goes down pretty far. Not pretty far, but it should go down enough. So it's kind of curving down about, take basically the length you drew for the side of the eight or the A and just double that down, going down. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that looks like you might be done. Okay, uh, would you like Tommy, Tommy to can make you, a you rule? Can no, I gotta, I gotta spruce it up a little bit. Let me spruce see. it up a little bit. Uh, this is surprisingly good, except for oh, right. uh, I, I think the candle threw you a little bit. So it's not oh, an no. actual. He actually drew a beautiful looking candle. So it's not. <laughs> it's just a line. It's not an actual candle. Oh, okay. Lonely candle, like birthday candle, like a one. Yeah, not like you know, special candle. <laughs> no sad candle. <laughs> Wow, oh. and my girlfriend uh, is drawing too, and she got it perfectly. Oh, oh nice! Well, you saved them. And people at home, check, check. <laughs> Please send us your pictures check now. And if you're angry at Tommy, yes, I'm sorry. Twitter, <laughs> say, yeah. How dare you? you, you my can favorite s- part of that explanation was like setting up a metaphor completely unnecessarily. We yeah. said, okay, now imagine that first line is like a ruler, right? Like yeah. it's a ruler. <laughs> something, and oh, he's going to be like one inch in or something like like a measurement or a ruler. Now do like one, one fifth, fifth of the way up. I made like 57 boxes yeah, too at first. Did. So this clay is all forms of messed up right now. If you can send hate mail to uh, Patrick at evilgenius.com, uh, you can send me angry letters there. Or, my, or, my, or the wonderful explanation of it's vertically three rectangles <laughs> that are horizontal. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Uh, well, you got out though. No, no, it was wonderful. It's you did, you did brilliant. He Apparently got, They it got the right things. It worked great. Yeah, this is the, the door opens. Okay, yeah. good. The door opens. Both of the doors are now stuck open. You're all good. Okay, I am exhausted, <laughs> but I bring the, the wheel out. You were very patient. <laughs> My fingers are very tired, so I hand it off to Tommy. So uh, right. I proudly go place the pirate wheel in the golf hole, and I'm excited to just I start spinning the wheel like crazy. You hear a low mechanical clanking coming from some distance away, and you have a feeling it might be coming from somewhere deep in that left passage. Ooh, let's go back and explore that left passage. Mm -hmm. You go back, you explore that left passage, and the barricade that was blocking your way has now been, like, receded into the walls. I also look at Patrick curiously. Did you put clothes back on? (laughs) I mean, you know. This isn't normal? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, keep going. All right. Yeah, you now have a clean way to walk and you walk through and you realize that you have without a doubt reached the central chamber of this tomb yeah he said he wanted to go to the middle i'm curious if this is the middle or Mm -hmm. uh yeah so let's look at the central chamber is it circular around the island what are we standing in it's again it's still a big rectangle you know it must be the center because there are no other entrances or exits besides the one that you came through but there is also quite a substantial amount of stuff going on in here Oh boy. So the floor in front of you is covered in a huge, extraordinarily detailed mosaic. And to the left of this, there is a mound of small bones. To your right, um, there are three coffins. And up ahead, at the far end of this room, there is an enormous sculpted chariot with two clay horses drawing it. Is there a figure in the chariot itself? The chariot is actually like a closed roof one, so more Kind of like the war version of a Victorian carriage. Got it. The horses, they're terracotta, uh, but their hooves and their eyes are made of polished black stone. I, can we pet the horses? Absolutely. And I'm sure the emperor would appreciate it. They're his favorites. Okay, let's look at those coffins. Uh, what are they made of? Um, what are coffins made of? Uh, well, coffins are usually made of wood. 
Maybe their sarcophagus is made of stone. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. It seems like stone. They want something that'll last. Uh, any markings um, on yeah, the stones at the, out- the end the of the... Of- yeah, the lids are... Yeah, I want to check the lids and see if there are markings. Yeah, cool. So the outsides are totally undecorated, but they do have a... Each one has a plain stone box sitting on top. They're like a bit bigger than a shoebox, each one, and they all seem to be empty. Do those boxes move? Yeah, they can be picked up. They look like they have some sort of place where they sort of click in to the tops of the coffins, but you can pick them up if you want to. Okay, maybe it's weight then? Yeah, we have the bones to be able to play with. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go inspect anything in the bones besides just a pile of them, anything hidden or unusual or any markings. All right, so you go take a look at those bones. They do, now that you're having a closer inspection, you're quite sure they're all animal bones. Most of them you can't really identify, and you don't find anything else sort of buried in them. There are a few bones that are easy enough to guess. Like, it's pretty obvious if you've got a jaw that whether something was a carnivore or a herbivore. And, like, there's a skull that's got horns still attached, so it was probably a goat or a ram, something like that. So you've got those sorts of suppositions, but nothing too remarkable at this stage. I'm curious if we put some bones in the box, was that enough to weigh things down and see if we can start weighing stuff down and seeing if that's... If that does anything? Yeah. It seems like it is having some sort of possibly weight-based effect. You're not 100% sure, but it doesn't actually do anything. Is there anything on the coffins that are marks or anything distinct anywhere looking all over the coffins? Not on the outsides. Can we look on the inside of the coffins? Oh, yeah. You, you, you open up one of the coffins and there's a body in there. Yay, there's a body. Um, oh, wait, that's not a real body. That's made of terracotta as well. Feels a little bit excessive to also sculpt your fallen warriors, but okay, yeah, so it's just a perfectly sculpted dead guy with his armor still intact. They mustn't have finished carving him, though, because he's missing one of his boots. That feels like a silly mistake. Hmm. What Can about- we inspect yeah. the other ones? Yeah. Yeah, okay, the next coffin has a similar dead body. This one does have both his boots, though, but uh, his armor is a bit less complete than the first ones. It looks like he doesn't have any kind of breastplate armor. Okay. That and last, the last one. one. Yeah. Final one has both boots and breastplate, but you wouldn't have noticed anything was wrong with this one had you not seen the others. He doesn't have his helmet. So can we put... Maybe we should try to, like, put each corresponding thing and the weight, yeah. like a skull and the for the helmet. Mm-hmm. The chest would be, yeah, let's put a rib cage. Can we, can we remove any pieces of these or are they pretty firmly attached? Of, of the armor? Yeah. I was saying maybe no, the, the bones. armor is sculpted into him, into them. Because I was curious if we could take the helmet and try to weigh and yeah. like figure out the relative weight, but we can't. Okay. Can we put a skull nah, from the bones inside of the helmet box? You can. There are... A few different skulls going around. It might be a bit hard to sort of pick. You can arbitrarily pick one and it doesn't seem to do anything. Let's look at the chariot. Let's see. Because we feel like we're missing we're missing something. Okay. The body of this chariot, it's huge. It's high. You might need a boost to get into it if it opens. So like I said, it was closed. It's got a door. But the handle to open that door is not a normal handle. It reminds you a little bit of a door of a bank vault, one of the spinning ones. It doesn't spin at the moment. It's locked in place. But the center of this has a circular indentation right in, yeah, right in the center of it as if something should be there. Okay. Let's, uh, anything, so we can't peer in, are there windows of any kind? 
No, it's very secretive. What about the wheels of the actual chariot itself? They are very fancy, but nothing exciting about them. We can't yank them off. Except for the general historical significance. They are unyankable. Mm -hmm. Unyankable. Can we see? Can we check the the horses a little bit more thoroughly, like the eyes and such? Because the hooves are also stone, right? Yeah, that was pretty much all there was to mention about them before. That their bodies are terracotta, but their hooves and eyes are polished black stone. Can we push or uh, anything movable with the hooves or the eyes? They aren't really in a sort of position where that would be doable by hand. Like the eyes are very much in their heads, and their hooves are just hooves on the ground. What about the ropes or what? What's is it a chain rope? What is the the thing or the bridle? Uh, I guess, they're whatever. terracotta things that are made to look like ropes. Got it. Okay, so I mean, if, if we have the bones and the coffins, and then the things that are missing on each of the people, anything, anything else in this besides the bones, chariot, and coffins that we're missing? Looking around the walls or the the so mosaic on the floor. Uh, yes. Yeah, there we go. That's it. You get Jan to hold the torch down close to this mosaic. It's quite large, so you have to sort of take a few steps in every direction to get a look at the whole thing. It's a pretty gory scene, what's going on in it. It's a battle. It's not between two armies, though. It's one army, dozens, maybe hundreds of men, and they're fighting a menagerie of wild beasts. So it's the men fighting animals, and these animals of all kinds are giving as good as they get. Do we see if there is a dude missing a helmet in, or a boot or a chest armor? You take a look around and, ooh, you, you do find those things, actually. Like, there is someone who's missing his helmet and, ooh, that was not a good idea for him because there's a bird of prey, like, clawing at his head. So looking at the bones, do we see if there's any kind of falcon or bird of prey uh, bone set we can determine? You most definitely do find what is clearly a razor-sharp bird talon. I'd like to put that, let's put that in the little box for the missing helmet gentleman. All right, you do so. The box, again, if there's a weight sensor or something going on, it seems to have a reaction, but nothing happens yet. Okay, let's check out the chest and uh, boot, if we can find those guys on the on the art. Yeah, all right. So you find a person who isn't wearing his chest armor, and ooh, an elephant has taken advantage of that. It's just goring him in the chest. And a sort of animal that might bite a person who wasn't wearing their boot, there's a very nasty-looking snake. Ooh, let's find some snake bones and uh, a tusk. I I assume an elephant skeleton would be noticeable, so yeah, maybe a tusk? Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a tusk. It may not be the whole tusk, it may just be about half a tusk, but yeah, definitely some tusk. Picture the tusk like it's a ruler. What's about, a, about half a, that much? What's what's a uh, well, yeah? What's a fifth of the way through the uh, task? Is any anything symbol wise? I feel like it's going to be very important. Um, and as far as snake goes, you do find some pointy reptilian looking fangs. Okay, I'm saying we should put those in the respective boxes. You put those in their boxes. You close the lids and you wait for something to happen. And you wait and. Okay, you start to sort of look around because that seems like something should have happened. Ooh, and right from the other side of the room, eh, eh, maybe you're just seeing things. But is, is it the rock back? Oh. <laughs> it's actually the horse closest to you. Its eyes, like they're still black, but they look a little bit shiny, glowier than usual. I mean, it might just be a trick of the light, but you go over to it, and then one of its eyes pops out. My gosh, oh. horse, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sorry your eye fell out. I, I guess we have to pick up its eye and inspect it. Let's pick up the eye and put it in the hole in the chariot door. Possibly. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe have right, you on do it, I'm afraid. Take that black stone. It's pretty small. It's, it's quite nice, actually. It looks very, you know, shiny volcanic, obsidian-esque or something. You pop it into the center of the chariot's door. It's a perfect fit. And the door swings open and you can see inside. It's big. It's, it's designed to be so much bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside. Uh, way down in the back, you can see yet another coffin, much more elaborate than the ones out in the chamber. But it is heavily guarded by armed terracotta warriors, and you can tell by looking at them, it won't be so easy to spin and disarm these ones. Plus, it isn't like the coffin is the only exciting thing in here. You don't even think you could reach it for all the treasure chests and jewel-encrusted statues lining the floor. Any of these things could set you up for life, and you suppose they were here to set the emperor up for the afterlife. Now, traveling through time, can we bring these back with us? Well, that's not really why you're here, uh, is it? You're right, Ugh. you're right. Yeah, you are here to make sure that Jan doesn't get stuck in here forever. Where that's is he right. anyway? You should probably keep an eye on him. Make sure that he wasn't actually planning on doing too much grave robbing. Um, okay. So he hasn't even actually fully entered the chariot. He's just sort of standing on his tiptoes, looking in from behind you. His expression is awestruck. He's not making any move for the treasures. Reading his face, you actually really believe that he just wanted to see what was in here, that he wanted to sate his archaeological curiosity. So you let him do so for a while, just sort of looking around, and then you gently remind him with your charades that you should probably get out of here. He sighs and nods, and you step down from the chariot. He closes the door behind you. The black gem pops back out, and Jan bends down to pick it up. And then he hesitates, and he puts it in his pocket. He sees you watching him, and he gives a sheepish smile and says one word. You don't understand it, but you think that it's probably a loose translation of souvenir. You don't have time to admonish him, though, because your watches start beeping. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. All right, let's get out of here quickly. You catch Jan off guard, and you make a rapid sprint out of this central chamber. You go past the puzzle doors. You hurry as much as you can hurry over that mercury pit. You give the rock a brief hug. You struggle to remember your way through the maze. (laughs) You get out through the broken wall, and you can hear Jan's footsteps behind you as he struggles to keep up. But you can feel yourself beginning to vanish back to your own time. Fingers crossed he remembers the way out from here. And then you're back in Doc Bill's lab. How did it go? Or, or rather, where did you go? Or, or, or rather, when did you go? We would so like some chelation me- treatment, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you tell him all about it, and besides that part, he looks super envious about you being one of the only people in the universe to ever go inside the terracotta tomb. Um, assuming that's still true in the real timeline? Yes, 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 that part hasn't changed. Archaeologists still believe that nobody has entered the tomb since it was sealed. You say the man you saved took a gemstone? Hmm, well, I don't see any unusual ramifications to the timeline as a result of this. Perhaps that was always supposed to happen. More importantly, did you catch any sight of Greg? Sadly, no. Yeah, Unless yeah, Greg the assistant. His name is you almost, yeah, you almost forgot he was involved in this. Um, yeah, Doc Bill sighs. I do hope he's all right. Oh, I'm not very happy with him right now. Ancient Rome, ancient China, he's altering history all over the world, it seems. Guess I'll get the old computer going again, seeing where he'll strike next. 
or when he'll strike me. <laughs>